We often talk about the importance of living in community when you are looking to find more balance in your life. But what does that actually mean and how do you actually do it? That's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you are here to hang out with me today. I mean, seriously, like I know you've got a million and two things on your list of things that you need to be doing today. You're probably rushing around trying to get everything done. Maybe you're relaxing, but I bet probably not. Even if you are, your mind's probably going a million miles a minute. And I am just so thankful that you're here to listen to this episode. And I'm hoping and praying, I was actually praying right before I hit record, that the information that we're sharing in today's episode would just really encourage you to take that next step forward. Because today we're talking about community. And this is a hard piece of balance. You know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while or you've watched us over on YouTube, I say us, it's me. (laughs) Uh, But if you've been around for a while, then you know when I'm talking about balance for Your Life Rocks, we are really talking about three pillars that are absolutely required for you to live a life of balance, however you define what that looks like for you. But number one is putting God first in your life. I think everyone who does not do this step, they're always searching. We hear people talk about there being a God-sized hole in all of us. This is why we have to put God first, because when we are putting him first, we are filling that hole with exactly what it was designed to be filled with, which is our Lord and Savior. So that's number one. Number two is to live in community And number three are to find the systems that work for you. Now, we talk a lot on this show about finding those systems, right? When we're talking about how to be the best you in your faith, your career, parenting, marriage, finances, your home, and friends and fun. I think I missed one in there. Health? I think I missed health. All of those eight areas of life that we're called to, that God has fulfilled us with and blessed us with, We want to grow in those areas. In order to grow in those areas, to reach our goals in those areas, we really need to have the systems to help move us forward. Plus, we need systems just to keep our sanity. Let's be honest, right? In order for us to function, we need to have some really good systems. And so we talk a lot about that on this show. And we also talk a lot about God on this show and how to grow in our faith and what to do when you feel like you just really need more of God in your life. But we don't talk a whole lot about community. And I thought this would be a great episode just to kind of dive into talking about what community is, why we need it, the five things that you need to be trying to get out of community or the purpose of community. I always try to keep things in a list form, helps us keep track. So if you're listening through today, be listening for those five purposes of community. And the reason why I like to break it down into these five things, you guys, is because not only does the Bible back up these five things, but then you can say, okay, let's keep things simple. My goal is always to not overwhelm you. Does that sentence make sense? I don't want you to be overwhelmed by the content that we're sharing. So you can take one of these five things. This is my goal for you today, that you would take one of these five purposes of community and you would say, I'm going to focus on this between now and the end of the year. I'm gonna focus on this in the next 90 days. I'm gonna focus on this this week, this month, whatever the timeline looks for you, but don't feel overwhelmed by feeling like, gosh, I really need to go after all five of these. Pick one and do it well, and then add in another one of the five, because I would bet that you're probably already doing 
a little bit of all of these five things. You might even be doing a lot of all of these five things or a lot of one or two of them, but maybe there's one or two more that you really want to grow in. So just choose one of the five things that we're going to be talking about today in something that you can focus on to grow so you can live more in community. Because this is the thing with balance, right? Like we can live for God. We can put him first in our life. We can live in community. We can create the systems. But there's always something deeper you can go. There's more balance that you can find. There's more peace. You can get better at this the deeper you go. So it's never going to be like this place that you arrive to. We always say that creating balance in your life is a journey. It's the process of becoming balanced that really has the gold nugget for you there. It's not a destination you're going to get to right? And so even when you are living in community and you're putting God first and you have all these systems, there's still more you can do. There's something more for you, richer for you. The good stuff is just a couple layers deeper. And so this conversation is going to help you do that for your community. Now, I first want to point off by saying that when we say live in community, that phrasing is very intentional because we could just say you can have community. You can surround yourself with people. But really, when we talk about living in community, that word living is so important because you think about what it means to live. It's the good stuff. It's the bad stuff. It's the stuff that is survival, right? Food, shelter, air, all of those things that make us live. But then there's living life to the fullest. Like when we're really living in community, It has so many facets to it. It is not just a one size fits all. Yeah, I have a babysitter and I've got like all of these things checked off, right? Like that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about community. And I know for myself as a working mom, when I was first approached with this idea of needing to have a bigger community, it was a a spiritual mentor of mine. And I've talked about her before on this show. So if you've heard this story before, Forgive me, but maybe you haven't, or maybe you weren't paying attention last time I shared it. Anyway, I was involved in a church and such a great church. And this older woman in the church really just kind of took me under her wing. I didn't ask for it. (laughs) She approached me. It was totally a God thing. And she became a mentor to me. and, And we talked about a lot of different things. We prayed about a lot of different things as our relationship progressed. We met once a week and and talked about whatever was going on. And I remember one time I was at her house after our weekly Bible study that we had as a women's group. And I went to her house. It was late at night. We were talking. I'll never forget. I was talking about some of the the problems that we were facing. My husband and I, my I, we only had one son at this point in time, and he was fairly young. And just, you know, life, life stuff. And I remember she looked at me and she said, your world is so small. No wonder your problems seem so big. And it just stuck with me. And I was a little bit taken aback, I'll be honest. I was like, what do you mean? My, my life is so small. But the more that we talked about it, realizing that the things that I was worried about, it was because there were not any bigger things to worry about. As humans, we're always going to have things, right, that weigh us down, that get to us. But are they really like the eternal things or are they just the small things? Because I'll tell you, when you start to grow in community and you start to learn about other people's lives, the day-to-day little problems seem so small. Like they become so effortless, so just light compared to some of the things that other people are going through. Because here's the thing, there are seasons in your life where you're going to have to go through some hard stuff. 
And we don't all experience these seasons at the same time. So while you're not in that season of a storm, there's probably a sister at your church. There's a sister who lives on your street. There is one of your friends, your kids' friends' parents that are going through a storm. And when you have community with other people, you get exposed to those storms. There's a storm going on every day, y'all. It might not be happening in your life, but it's happening in someone else's life. And if you can bless them, if you can serve them, when you're knowing about all those those storms that are going on, your problems seem so small, right? Like you could be like, oh my gosh, like what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Well, so-and-so just found out they had cancer or so-and-so just had a death in their family. Like it puts things into perspective. And I say that because it was in that moment that I realized what the Bible said when it called us to live in community. I I understood sharing burdens with people and why that is so important because I would rather be on my knees praying for someone to be recovering from cancer or a hard financial situation or whatever it is than to be on my knees praying about something that's petty. Now, God hears all my prayers. And sometimes I pray about things that I'm sure are, well, I know for a fact, they are not huge things, but I bring everything before the Lord because that's what we are told to do. But I've also been in quite a few storms myself, whether it's with my kids' health, whether it's with my marriage, whether it's finances, with my job, I've been through some storms. And if I know that there are people out there that are on their knees praying for me and my storm, it helps me get through that storm so much more. So living in community, sharing our storms is so super important. And you guys, that's not even necessarily one of the five (laughs) purposes of community, but I just wanted to set that up there as why it is so important. And when we talk about community, it's not just having a best friend. Living in community is not just having your babysitter, your coworkers, like the people that do stuff for you, right? Like it's deeper than that. It's bigger than that. And so whatever ideas you have about community, I want you to just keep an open mind. Be open to different possibilities of what this could mean for you. So we're going to go through these five. And then at the end, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what keeps us from being in community and how you can overcome those things. So stick around for the very end for that. Now, I want to talk also a little bit about the structure of community, because like I said, when we're talking about what community is, it's not just the best friend and all of those things, right? But you think about the different areas of your life. You can have different community circles in the different areas of your life, and they're all going to have these five things. Well, somewhat, okay? They're going to somewhat have these five things. So think about, as we're going through these, I want you to think about your work circle, your parenting circle, right? Like your parenting friends and maybe other people that go to the same school that your kids and your family go to or sports or, you know, things that you have relationship with that have to do with your kids. Think about your church family. Think about your actual family, the people that your geography or around you, like your neighbors and your neighborhood, things like that. So there's many different ways that these things apply. All right, so let's jump right in. Number one is accountability. Now in the Bible, Galatians 6, verses one through five, and it reads, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch over yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens in a way that you will find fulfillment of the law 
of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something they are not, they deceive themselves. For each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Now, I bring this verse up when we're talking about accountability because when you are living in community with people, truly living, and you're letting them see you live, hopefully you have other people around you who are walking in the spirit who can kind of pull you aside gently and call you on it, right? They can encourage you to step away from the sin, to repent from the sin. And having people like this in your life, it is pure gold. But I will tell you, it takes a while to get there. It definitely takes a while to get there. It takes some trust. It takes humility on your part to be able to let your pride down and let people see the true you and and what's really going on. But you know what? I can tell you from personal experience, there are times that the Holy Spirit will use other believers. They don't know all the details, but he will use them to speak into your life. He might use you to speak into someone else's life in ways that you don't understand necessarily, but it's calling them out. It's letting them know like, hey, what you're doing, not okay. It's not in alignment with what God wants for you. Now, like I said, these these five principles can be applied to other areas of your life. And this is the one that, you know, at work, maybe not have accountability so much in walking away or sinning against God. But I can tell you from experience, having coworkers that keep you on the straight and arrow, right, that keep you accountable to the mission at hand, to the goals that the company is working towards, these are all part of accountability. It's all part of having community and living in community. The Bible tells us iron sharpens iron. Having accountability of people who can pull you back in line, you can pull other people back in line, keeps everyone moving forward. And it is so vitally important. So how do you find those accountability partners? How do you find people in your life that you you can have this type of a relationship with? Well, I'll tell you how I found all of the people who have spoken into my life in this way, including The elderly woman that I talked about at the beginning of this episode, who kind of pulled me aside and talked to me about how my world was small, she was giving me accountability. You know how I found her? At church. When you are exposing yourself to groups, when you are signing up to go to that next level with people, this is where that bridge can come in for accountability. So it might be participating in small groups. I've had a lot of accountability both ways, me giving to others, others giving to me through small group relationships, because that is the point of the small groups that you might have at your church. And so if you're not yet part of a small group at your church, I highly encourage you to figure out when they're starting up, how they're starting up, which group you want to plug into and plug yourself into one of those. Now, in places like work or in your kid's life where it's not necessarily biblical accountability, this is where, again, going that extra mile to sign up for something to give you access to relationships on this level. So at work, that could be signing up to work on different committees. That could be signing up to be a part of different projects that are going on in the workplace. For your family life, it could be signing up to participate in the PTA or for some smaller projects. Anywhere that you can be on a small team with people or in a small group, this is where it gives you that opportunity to hold people accountable and to allow other people to hold you accountable as well. All right, so let's talk about number two, which is the structural support. And 
Honestly, as a busy, overworked mom, this is the only type of community that I was interested in for the longest time. Like, who are the people who can help me with my kids? Who are the people who can be there if I can't be there for pickup or if the kids get sick, but I'm going to be away at work for a meeting or something? Like, who are those structural support systems in my life, right? And this is one that's really enticing because we really want to have this. It makes life so much easier, but in order to get it, we've got to give it. And in the Bible, turning to Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how do you keep one warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Y'all, we have to have this structural support in our lives. And like I said before, the way that you find it is by giving it. When you can develop relationships with people that they know, I got your back, they're gonna have your back. I can tell you one time I was on a work trip. I was a few hour flight from home, so definitely not close whatsoever at all. And I was about to go into a really big meeting where I was leading it. I needed to open it up. I mean, I'm talking like a couple hundred people were there. It was a big meeting. And as I'm like preparing backstage to go on stage to open up this meeting, I get a phone call from my son's school. And so I answered it to basically say, hey, you need to call my husband. And uh, normally they would call my husband first. He was a stay-at-home dad at the time. And so for them to call me, meant that there was something else going on, right? Because they would normally call him first. So I answer and, you know, getting ready to tell him that. And they said, we've been trying to get a hold of your husband. Your son is still here at school. School's over. Someone needs to come pick him up. I don't know where my husband was. I kept calling him and it didn't even ring. It was just go straight to voicemail. So I'm like, his phone's not even on. I don't know where he is. I don't know what's going on. But meanwhile, I had to open up this huge meeting and my son needed to be picked up from school. So... I was able to call a friend and be like, hey, is there any way possible you can go and pick up my son for me like right now? And she was on her way to do her own thing. But you know what? She said, yeah, I can. And God bless her. So thankful to have people like that in my life that I could call on to say, I am I am a long ways away from home. I don't know where my husband is, but I need help. I need help. And it takes a lot to be able to have a relationship with someone that you can openly say, I need help. But you know what? That same friend, she could come to me in the middle of the night. She could call me and be like, I need help. And I would be there in a heartbeat. And now oftentimes we offer up help to people say, hey, if you need anything, let me know. And if you're like me, whenever anyone says that, I'm like, I don't know what help I need or I don't even know how to ask for it because I'm not very good at asking for help. And so if you're looking to have structural support in your life, just do it for other people. Just do it. If you see that someone needs help carrying something out to their car or whatever it is, something small, be the person that steps up and does it. And then when you're starting to develop other relationships with people, you can flat out ask them like, hey, would you ever be open if I needed something like this that I could count on you? And I would do the same thing back for you. And I've had many work relationships that provided this kind of structural support, right? Where if they were on vacation, I would cover for them. If I was on vacation, they would cover for me. It's important that we develop these types of relationships because we can't do everything all of the time. There are times 
We just simply need help. All right, purpose of community number three is encouragement. Now, when we talk about encouragement, these this is one of those areas that for me when I was really busy, and maybe you can relate to this, that I would say, I'm fine. I don't need encouragement. I can get encouragement from a YouTube video or a podcast or a book or just praying to God, right? Like I don't have time for community. I'm fine. I don't need encouragement. We don't need encouragement until we do, right? Until like you've reached that point where you're like, oh my gosh, what in the world am I going to do? And honestly, you don't even know you need encouragement until you've gotten it. And then you're just like, wow, those words of encouragement made the biggest difference. Because encouragement comes in many forms, right? It could be lifting you up when you're down, but it really could be just spurring you on to that next thing, championing you, being that cheerleader. And the Bible in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The Bible knew that we would say, I don't need encouragement. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm too busy and give up meeting together, but we need to keep meeting together because it's when we do that, that's when we're doing life together. That's when we're living in community and we can support each other and encourage each other. We all have that friend that we have probably told, you're a good mom and you're doing okay. I can tell you that there has been a lot of people who have said that to me over the years when I needed to hear it the most. And they weren't always like the super close friends that would say that. I've had nurses at hospitals who I don't even know their name who have told me that, who've encouraged me, have provided this kind of support in my life. And when we talk about living in community, it's really being open to all of the people around us. It's not always about having these deep relationships that take years and years and years to cultivate. I mean, that's great too. But honestly, it's serving and being the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere you go to everyone around you. And if everyone is doing that and you're pouring into other people's lives, guess what? Your life is gonna get so poured into. And this is the beautiful thing about choosing to live in community. When you start pouring out and being like, I'm gonna bless people today, guess what? You're probably gonna get blessed because you're gonna start opening yourself up to the opportunities for that to happen. Now, if you don't know, I run two separate companies not related at all to Your Life Rocks or this podcast or anything that we do. And both of those companies have the same values. I mean, they're kind of similar businesses and I run both of them. So we have the same values. And one of the values that we have as a company policy, company value, is that we serve one another. And it's under the philosophy of if we are all serving one another, if we're all looking out for each other, We don't have to look out for ourselves because the people around us are doing it for us. Because the number one downfall that I see in workplaces, that I see in community structures of any kind, is the ego. People who are putting themselves first, looking out for number one. And you know what? If your needs are being met by the people around you, you don't have to fight to have your own needs met. But that only happens when you're going first and taking care of everyone else around you. So if you are like, I could use an encouraging word, you let me know and I will send one to you. But I guarantee you the fastest way to get an encouraging word is to give an encouraging word. All right, let's talk about number four, which is similar to number three, but different. We're talking about inspiration. And these are like the mentors, the influencers that you follow that are inspiring you on the way to go, like how to live your life, how 
to move forward in your career, how to move forward as a mom, as a wife, all of those things, right? Those people that are giving you the inspiration to follow, the teaching you in what to do. For this particular part of community, I like the word mentor. And I can tell you, I have a lot of mentors in my life, and most of them have no clue who I am because they are the books I read. They're the podcasts I listen to. They're the YouTube videos that I watch. They mentor me in how I want to be as a business leader. They mentor me in how I want to be as a wife. Now, doing this podcast for almost six years, I have gotten a lot of mentors that are really great experts in a lot of other areas. So I've learned from them on how to be a better wife, how to be a better mom, how to how to be better in my health and my finances and my home, all of the areas of life that we talk about. But it's really, really important part of community to find these people. And if you do have a relationship with them back and forth, even better, because then they can speak into your life in a different way. And the Bible, Philippians 3.17 reads, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So the Bible tells us, look at the people who are being the example and follow them. Because sometimes we always wonder like, oh, what do I do? Look around. (laughs) What do people who live a life of integrity, a life that aligns with your values, what are they doing? How are they spending their money? What kind of house do they live in? I mean, you don't have to get so much into the comparison game, but if you're looking for that inspiration on what to do, there are people around you that you can find that you can follow. And the best place to look for that is within the church. And it might be your local church. It might be the greater church. But find people who are biblically sound that pass that test of the word and and know that grace needs to be given to everyone. We're all human, right? There's Jesus is not walking on this earth as far as I know right now. So, you know, we we have to kind of look at everything through that lens is that everyone is human. No one is perfect. And we need to be able to give them grace. But having people in our life that we can look up to that we can follow their example, like the Bible says, have them as a model to follow is truly important. And so create a list, create a list of the people that you admire. It could be your boss, it could be a coworker, it could be the pastor's wife at your church or the person who leads women's ministry at your church. It could be an online author that you really love to read her books and her Bible devotions. Figure out who it is that you want to follow. And then whenever you're curious, whenever you're like, I just need some direction, I need some inspiration on what to do next or which way to go on a decision, then you have people that you can either contact, you can research, you know, different things that they've done, different projects that they've done if it's someone who you don't know. But if it's someone in your church, you can reach out to them and let them know. I admire you and I really respect kind of who you are and what you stand for. And I just have a question. I would really love to know your opinion on something and cultivate that. And then, you know what? Look behind you. Because one thing I learned early on, again, a mentor was the one who told me this, is that as much as I am looking around for at what other people are doing and looking for that leader, looking for that mentor, other people are looking at me as that example. So one, it gives you that integrity to stand in that, right? To not let other people down, not be 
someone that's going to cause someone else to stumble, right? So it gives you a different perspective on the way that you show up, but it also opens your eyeballs to people around you that you might be able to pour into. Because when we're talking about community, it is those that serve you, but it's also those that you serve, right? So when you're thinking about this inspiration and mentors, we get so hung up sometimes on who's my mentor, but really I want you to be thinking about who am I mentoring? All right, so let's get into the fifth and final one, which is to help others, to serve others. We all have our own gifts and talents to share. In the Bible, Romans 12, 3 through 13 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. And if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fever serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Now, you could easily tie this one back into all of the other four that we talked about, right? Whether it is accountability, the structural support, the encouragement, the inspiration, but truly it's about the understanding of knowing that we all need each other. That's the way we were designed. We were all designed with different gifts and talents so that we can lean on one another. You are not meant to be everything to everyone in every way. (laughs) That's not the way God designed you. He designed you to find the people around you that complement you, that they have the giftings that you lack in, because that's what makes everything more well-rounded, whether it be in the way that you're raising your kids I mean, I'm creating a community for them too. Like every time I'm enrolling them in different things, right? I'm looking at who the coaches, who are the parent mentors, who are the young adults leading the youth group. What do they have that my kids need? Because we all have needs and other people have the gift to fill that need, my friend. And you have a gift that fills so many needs for the people in the church. In the kingdom of the Lord, he has given you some great many talents. And this is where this whole idea of understanding the way we all fit together for this kingdom that he has created, when we can grasp a hold of this, it takes it away from, I need help watching the kids, to how can I contribute and be a part of something that's bigger than myself? Because it's when we live in this community in this way, when we're using our own gifts and talents, when we're allowing ourselves to be humble, to have accountability with other people and provide structural support, accept the structural support from others, the encouragement, the inspiration. This is what living in community is all about. It's being a part of something that is bigger, that functions when we all go all in. And this is what keeps us from being in community because it can be like, yeah, that is so good. I'm all for it. Let's be in community, right? 
But let's be real here. Oftentimes, our schedules get so full. It's so hard to make it to any of these small groups. It's so hard to find community because when it takes to create community, it's an investment. It takes bravery and you gotta be praying for it because I can tell you the strongest members of my community are not people that I would have known to go and find. God brought them to me and brought me to them. And without prayer, (laughs) I mean, I don't know how in the world I would ever find it. Some of you know my best friend, she lives all the way across the country, never met her face to face ever. And we've been friends for years, talk almost every single day to each other about all different parts of life. But you know what? Never met each other, never would have met her had it not been for God. There are other friends that I have that are closer that live in the same town, never would have found them without God. So if you're thinking, I want community, you gotta be praying for it. But you also gotta be ready for the investment. It's so worth it. And it's so easy to tell yourself, I don't have the time to be doing it. But I promise you, you do. The truth behind it, if we say we don't have the time, there are two things that I find typically as I've talked to more and more women and I've examined my own life in this area. There are two things that keep us from being in community. Busyness is not one of them. Number one is pride. Number two is fear. We have pride thinking, I don't need community. I know other people do, but I'm fine. I'm good. I'm different. God made me different. I don't need community. My friends, that is not true. That is a lie. God created us for community. He created you to love other people. The Bible tells us that the number one thing is to love God. Number two is to love others. How are you going to love others if you're not in community and you don't know how they need to be loved? You can't. So we got to be in community. Fear, right? Like, what are people going to think of me? I don't know what to do. I'm awkward socially. I have to tell you, I'm an Enneagram 9. I am very introverted. (laughs) I can get on stage and I can talk all day long. You bring me someplace where I have to do small talk, different thing. I don't do social stuff very well. I get very, very awkward. But I know probably 90% of other people feel the same way. There are a few people that just don't care. (laughs) But most of the people that I meet, even the extroverts, they're like, I don't know, are they gonna like me? Is my hair look okay? Are they gonna judge anything about me? We all have these insecurities and fears that we bring to the table. And when we realize that everyone is thinking the same thing, but we all still want the friend, it makes it a little easier. But again, you have to be brave. You have to sign up for stuff. You got to show up. And again, our pride can take over and be like, well, I'm too busy. Well, you think everyone else at that meeting is not really busy too? That they're just sitting around all day doing nothing and waiting for the meeting to start? No, but they've decided to prioritize community because it is worth it. It's what we were called to do. And if you truly want balance in your life, my friend, you got to live in community. You just got to. You got to. There you go. There are your five purposes to live in community. I just pray that God would give you the courage, that he would help you set down any kind of pride, anything that you're hiding behind so that you would be able to show up for others in his kingdom, in his community, so that he could use you and the way he designed to use you to love on others and to receive the love of others because we all need it. We all deserve it. Now, like I said at the very beginning, don't overwhelm yourself by saying, okay, I've got these five things down. I'm gonna go and do all of these. Pick one. Maybe it's accountability. Maybe you're like, 
I need to find someone who can hold me accountable to my Christian walk. If you are trying to overcome something big, this is where some of the small groups at churches are so beneficial. It could be a Celebrate Recovery group. It could be a group that specializes in helping women who have husbands who have pornography issues, like been part of churches that had groups like that. I mean, there's all kinds of things. I've often thought about starting a Workaholics Anonymous group at church just because we need people that get us, right? That can kind of walk us through, like, how do we fully live? Whatever it is for you, find those people. Maybe for you, it's having structural support. And you're like, I live in a town where I hardly know anyone. And it's my biggest fear is that like, I'm going to get sick and not be able to take my kids to and from school. And I have no one I can count on. Girl, you need to join a mom's group. Do you know how many single moms, how many married moms are in mom's group just to have account, like have that kind of support system where like you're sick, well, I'll make food for you or your kids need help. I'm here to help you. Like that is why people join mom's groups. So find a mom's group, join them, offer to serve other people. You offer to serve other people, people will offer to serve you. Maybe you just need encouragement. I don't know about you, but I can go to church on Sunday and find encouragement at the drop of a hat from people I don't even know, (laughs) right? I mean, even just looking at someone in the eyes and smiling at them is a huge way of encouragement. And if you need a mentor, again, make a list of people, make a list of the values that are important to you, the things that you want. You can start searching on the internet and you can find some really great mentors that people you don't even know. But if you're looking for someone who is around you, once you have that list of what matters most to you, you can find those people. And again, pray, pray that God would bring you the right people and look around to see who you can mentor and find out what your spiritual giftings are. Some of us, we know, like, right? Like I know what I'm, I'm good at, but not everyone does. And if, if you're like, I don't really know what gifting, what talents I have, you know what? Sometimes it's making a mean sandwich. If you can make a really good sandwich, that is a special talent. But we all have so many talents that we don't even know. I recently went through a class at my church and they had us do a spiritual gifting test. You could probably find it online if you just search spiritual gifting test, but it shows you like where where are you naturally geared towards in your spiritual giftings? How did God create you to serve the kingdom? And then once you know those things, then you can start saying, okay, where are the ministries at my church that perform in this function that I can serve in? Maybe it's not in your church. Maybe it's in your greater community. Maybe it's online. But find those ways that you can really be a part of the body of Christ and something bigger than yourself. All right, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Again, it means so much when you listen to the podcast, when you share the podcast, if you leave a review for the podcast, believe it or not, it helps other people find it. And I makes my day when I read the reviews that, that you leave. So until next time, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.